This is a Game Changer Team Manager production brought to you by Lacrosse All-Stars. Growing the game, one podcast at a time. Hey everybody, welcome to the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yavoli. The Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast is about talking to people who have dedicated their life to the game of lacrosse and learning about who they are, how they got to where they are today, and what they do to improve themselves and their teams. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports. And if you're a coach, a parent, or you run a travel or club team, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. It's the essential all-in-one scheduling and communication app for lacrosse coaches and parents. Unlike other team apps, Game Changer Team Manager is free, easy to use, and doesn't serve ads. You can learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager. Today on the show, we have Tom Palasek. Tom is from Rocky Point High School, where he holds the record for points and assists. He's a graduate from Syracuse University. He played at both Johns Hopkins and Syracuse. Today, he plays in the MLL for the Atlanta Blaze. He's an MLL All-Star, and he was part of the 2015 New York Lizards MLL Championship team. I played with Tom for a few games on the Long Island Lizards. Tom is not only a great teammate, he's also a great guy to be around, as you'll hear in this interview. Today, we got a chance to talk about how he made a huge jump in his playing ability, how other sports have translated into his lacrosse game, how he developed mental and physical toughness how kids should think about finding the right college, and much, much more. Here's my interview with Tom Palasek. Tom Palasek, welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys, thanks. Uh, Happy to be here. I've been excited uh, to talk on the Game Changer podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to getting this started. So how did you get started playing lacrosse? Uh, For me, I got started playing pretty much as far back as I can remember. I know, I know when I was a kid coming back from the hospital, even that my, my family had a lacrosse stick waiting in the crib. And, um, you know, I started up playing by the time I was five years old. Uh, my dad started me up. He kind of started me up on all three sports. I played, uh, football, basketball, and lacrosse growing up. And, and it was right about that time. And, uh, I know that the local Ward Melville high school had a, had a program. So he signed me up. You know, I was playing a couple of years ahead, ahead of time. Uh, I was playing with the third and fourth graders, I believe, but uh, I started pretty much as far back as I can remember. Uh, and and why why lacrosse? I mean, obviously, you know, you grew up in Long Island. Lacrosse is sort of all over the place, but uh, does lacrosse run in your family? Yeah, lacrosse actually, um, you know, my dad played at Syracuse University. He was, uh, I think he was a defensive midfielder uh, back in, from 87. Finished up in 87. So he, uh, he had played at Rocky Point High School growing up. Um, he is one of uh, three boys in his family. So they grew up playing you know, all sorts of sports. Uh, and then by, you know, by the time we had us, there was, there was four boys. And um, a lot of what I did growing up as a kid was just playing any type of ball sport that we could play in the backyard, whether, like I said, whether it be football, uh, basketball, lacrosse, hockey in the streets. Um, you know, lacrosse kind of was just kind of thrown into our face because just like you said on Long Island, it was kind of like, it was kind of like second nature for kids growing up. Right, right. So how did you end up at attack if your dad uh, was a defensive midi? Usually, you know, usually kids follow in their, in their father's footsteps. You know, I think, I think, well, in high school, he was an offensive midfielder. I think he was just kind of, you know, he was a runner growing up his whole life. They're, they're uh, 
he's a pretty big guy, you know, around six foot three. His other brother, six foot three, six foot four. So um, I think the natural position for him, uh, starting late because he didn't get to start as young as I did, uh, was at the midfield. And after playing a bunch of years in high school, uh, being a good high school player, he, you know, he was able to go up to Syracuse and play there. Uh, but you know, sometimes, sometimes you, your role changes from when you go from high school to to college, and I think that's what happened to him. Um, but for for me, uh, I think that. I've always kind of been a, an offensive-minded uh, player with all, with all sports, whether it's a point guard of basketball or uh, running back or wide receiver in football. Uh, I kind of always like to be a guy, with, you know, handling the ball and, and making plays and, um, you know, dictating the tempo on the offensive end. So I think attack was, was a very natural position for me. Uh, you know, my entire life as a child, I pretty much played as pretty much played any position I could, whether, you know, sometimes it would be defense, midfield. Uh, but, you know, I think naturally I, I was more of an attackman from, from you know the beginning of my playing career. Gotcha, gotcha. And and as you were growing up, who were some of the players that you looked up to, maybe modeled your game after? I think I think for me, it's got to be the Powell brothers. You know, I know that Casey and Casey and Ryan were a little bit uh, older, but you know, Mikey Mikey Powell was was right there in the mix of my you know my youth. So I was able to watch them play a very you know high paced style offense. You know, the Syracuse the Syracuse way was always you know outscore your opponents and, and the Powell brothers kind of were right, you know, smack in the middle of, of the time that I was able to watch lacrosse and, and was kind of coming into playing. Um, and for me, uh, lacrosse, is, it's not like it is today where you have as much YouTube and videos and, and content that's out there. Right. Uh, we had to, you know, we had, we had to go find on TV or we, we had to find TV, the one game or two games that were around every once in a while or actually go to the game. So for me, my dad was bringing me up to Syracuse watching, watching me watch, having me watch them play from a young age. So I would say, you know, it's gotta be the Powell brothers for me. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, so as a young kid, you know, you're, you're going into, uh, you know, let's say around like seventh, you're going into high school. Um, what were some of the things that you were doing as a player to get better? I think, I think the main thing's gotta be wall ball. I know that that's, that seems almost like a cliche for coaches these days is, you know, telling kids got to get on the wall. You got to get your reps in. Uh, but for me, you know, I, I truly believe that that is what made me the player that I am today. You know, I found a brick wall at my high school uh, from a young age and, and was able to be on it as, oft, you know, as often as I wanted to. Um, and then by the time you know, I was always athletic, I had speed. I was, you know, I know I had a mind for the game. Um, but being able to rely on my stick work uh, was always something that that was kind of the foundation of the player that I was. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I was coming into those days of high school, when I was trying to get bigger and faster and stronger and and learn the game, uh, I already had that, like I said, I had that fundamental baseline of, all right, you know, I'm not going to drop very many balls. I'm going to make sure passes are on point. I'm going to make sure that my vision uh, and my feet are moving, you know, at once with my stick. So I think that, you know, the main thing that, that really, that really pushed it over the edge is being able to have that stick work. Right, right. So can you, uh, you know, this might be hard to do over the phone, but could you maybe you know talk about like what a uh, a regular wall ball session would be like? Because I I do hear this a lot, but I feel like everybody that I talk to they do something a little differently. Yeah, for sure. You know, you have to be able to um, keep it creative. Uh, obviously, you know, sometimes it can get a little. Obviously, you're looking for re- repetitiveness, so you want to make sure that you're mixing in different sort of skills. Um, but for me, it was always you know it was always the foundation was you know be strong, be able to uh, be strong. In, in all facets. So, you know, for me, a typical wall ball session before I go out and run or shoot or do whatever I do um, athletically would be, uh, you know, I usually come out and I'll do about 100 to 200 reps strong with my right hand. 
and, you know, I'll do them from 10 yards. I'll do them from 15 yards. And then, you know, you'll do them from 20, you know, and depending on what range of motion, like range you have and area you have, I was lucky enough at Rocky Point High School to have a nice, nice brick wall and a, and a good distance away from it um, that I was able to really work on not just being able to pass right-handed or, or hit the same spot on a wall, but be able to do it from, you know, further distances or, or nice and close. Uh, I think that that was a big, that's a big part of w- being able to move up in levels is being able to, you know, throw nice, hard, sharp passes from, from all different distances. Uh, and I think that, you know, that, that base foundation is, is something that I always work on. So I, you know, try to get those hundred to 200 reps on your right and do the same thing on the left hand. Uh, you know, I always teach kids now that it's usually best to try to finish with something that's challenging after those hundred, the 200 reps, uh, and pick maybe four or five bricks that look are in one area and say to yourself, you know, I'm going to hit them 10 times in a row and I'm not going to stop until I do. Uh, and I would get pretty strict, you know, I'd get pretty strict with it. I know it sounds a little bit corny to say it like that, but I, you know, I, I, I would make sure that, all right, even if I got to eight or nine and then I missed that spot, you hit the restart button, you know, you're kind of training yourself to, to, to put your hands in your eyes and making it second nature. So, uh, you know, that's something that I would always add on to the end of those, you know, large amount of reps with your right and your left. And then typically, uh, you know, I like to move a little closer and you get nice and close and you work on switching your hands, you know, throw right. Uh, catch right switch, throw left, catch left switch, uh, you know, and do that so that you're working on the motion of what a split dodge looks like to a pass or, or maybe you're having trouble with your um, catching the ball, getting nice and close and, and having to make quicker uh, reactions helps you with catching with both hands. So uh, after, you know, after those, those first two righty lefties, I usually get nice and close to the wall, work on my switches. Uh, and then from there, try to get as creative as I can. You know, guys will say, you know, they'll do one handed throws. Uh, they'll do, underhand throws, you'll do backhand throws, you'll do catch it, face dodge, throw, uh, you know, there's all sorts of combinations that you can do that I, you know, after I get that, that base, uh, wall ball touches in that, that you try to work on, you try to put yourself in awkward positions, you know, maybe, maybe throw two balls, you know, you see guys like Matt Gibson, um, putting wall ball videos out these days and and the guy's got almost two or three balls in every single video. (laughs) Um, you know, and that's, and that's, that's incredible to me. You know, I, I like to think that I'd probably be able to, I could do that, but, um, you know, you do, you do all sorts of things that try to put you out of your comfort zone, uh, so that you don't have to think about it. Cause there's a lot going on, you know, running wise and lift and, you know, running and being strong and, and trying to have a head on your shoulders while you're playing. You don't, you don't want to have to think you want to just react. So I think that, uh, wall ball, you know, that's pretty much typically what I'll do. And then, you know, depending on what you want to do that day, you do either more or less reps, right? It might've been, maybe you had a really long, uh, running day or, you know, you got a ton of shots in and, and a practice and you just want to get 15 to 20 minutes after a practice. And, you know, so it, it could be that, or it could take as long as an hour, you know, like you could, you know, for me, like I said, I kind of just like to make sure I get, get, get the reps in, um, and, and make sure that my hand-eye coordination is still there. Right. Right. Yeah. For me, going to the wall was something that I did daily. And one thing that you mentioned a brick wall, um, that's one thing that I don't think gets like brought up or utilized enough. Cause the one thing that I liked about the brick wall was that the bounce was inconsistent so that, you know, you'd always have to, you know, move your stick quick to catch it or, uh, you know, be able to adjust to where the ball is going. Cause it's not coming back at you always in the, you know, it's not coming all, it's not coming back at you in a true bounce each time, you know? Yeah. You know what? Absolutely. It's, that's a, that's a great point to point out because, I do a lot of, I do do a lot of coaching, whether it be, you know, like I said, uh, I'm coaching at Hills West high school this year as an assistant coach. I do plenty of 
clinics and camps and stuff that I travel around to. And I, you know, I work with kids privately in small groups and, um, you know, you sometimes get kids who get, who have, uh, I play wall, wall, I do whatever, but you know, the wall maybe isn't exactly what they need. You know, they can't really throw as hard a pass as they can Mm -hmm. and then work on catching it or, or maybe like the bounce back isn't really strong enough and it's giving them lob passes back. You know, you're not, there's a lot of different things. So everyone's, everyone's definitely different. And like right. I said, I, you know, I, I grew up on Long Island and, you know, by the time I was in college, I, I had brick walls there, but, you know, I was always lucky enough at Rocky Point High School to have, you know, like I said, a nice brick wall that was probably, you know, 20 feet high because it was behind the gym. And I had about 40 yards of pavement that, you know, every time the ball hit the bounce off the pavement, it was coming at me in a different direction. Or like right. you said, I had to move my feet or the spin was a little bit different. Right. Um, you know, some kids don't have that. Sometimes you have to play it off the grass. You know, it all depends on, I guess, where you came from. Uh, but, you know, I, in my opinion, I think there's no substitution for a, a brick wall. Right. Uh, except except for maybe, you know, and this is, a, I guess, a, a small plug here. There's a there's a, a product out there called All Ball Pro, and they got a pretty strong uh, netted, you know, tightly woven um wall ball product that's that really is that really is pretty similar to a brick wall but uh you know like i said like i said the the brick wall you can't you can't beat it right 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 totally agree totally agree um so let's talk about you know while you're in high school um how did you get noticed as a high school player uh high high school so um you know i i i pretty much was playing uh playing upgrades my entire life you know whether it be at third grade playing with sixth grade, sixth grade playing with ninth graders, you know, ninth grade playing with in varsity. Um, you know, I was always playing up, so I was always able to see what was out there. And I think that that kind of gave me a, uh, you know, a confidence to be in, in front of people once I was. And for me, I think that was through, uh, was, you know, at Rocky Point, we, we were a good team. Uh, we didn't have, we, was, we didn't have, uh, you know, too much lacrosse going on out, out here, out east. So, you know, I had to go out and I had to play on um, on a select team. I played for the Express, one of the original Express teams that uh, Coach Chanichuk started up. So that was a big, you know, that was a big help. Um, and then I played on the Empire team also uh, for Coach Mitchell when I was a junior, uh, which, which you know, the Empire team puts you out in front of everybody in New York State, which was a great way to for me to showcase, you know, what, what I had been doing because uh, coming from Rocky Point, it's it not exactly, like I said, not exactly the, it's not the Sachem or the, uh, Ward Melville or, um, you know, what the big schools used to be on Long Island. Uh, so I had to go out and try to find other places to play. And like I said, I was lucky enough to play for the express team where, uh, you know, we were just trying to find anyone around the country who could play with us. You know, if you were good, we were trying to play in a tournament where we play in the championship. We would do, you know, I was traveling around the country as a, as a young kid from U 13s all the way up to high school. Uh, so I had the chance to be out there, uh, showing that, you know, it didn't really matter where, where I was from, um, you know, we're, we're here to play and that, you know, we were, we were as competitive as anyone else in the country. So, uh, <clears throat> but I would say that the, probably the best thing that I did was going into my, uh, my 10th grade season, I was invited to the Jake Reed blue chip camp. I don't know if you're familiar with, with that one or yeah. not, but it was, I know nowadays there, that, you know, the camps are everywhere. Everyone's got uh, a blue chip camp and, um, but back in the day, that was, you know, in 2000, I guess it was close to 2007. Um, supposedly, you know, they invited the, 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 the top 100 guys in the country uh, that mm-hmm. coaches, other coaches were recruiting and wanted to see. Uh, and we did a two-day tournament. And it was a two-day team tournament slash, like, practice skills uh, 
for the whole weekend. And, you know, I got signed up. I was excited. It was in Baltimore, Maryland. I went down there and, and you know, I, I walk out there as a, you know, as a 10th grader and we're about to start up doing one-on-ones and two-on-twos and three-on-threes and all the drills that come with a good practice. And, you know, every single division one college coach was standing on the sideline. I can remember it like it was yesterday, to be honest. It was, you know, Dave Petromala, uh, Coach Desco. It was, uh, you know, at the time it was, I think, Jimmy Meade from, from Navy. It was, it was literally Coach, Do- coach Dom Starja, um, North Carolina. I don't really remember who the coach was right before Brescia. Uh, but it, it was every, every single coach that, were, that uh, you know, was in the, that was a good team in the country was, was standing on the sideline. And, and it was for good reason. You know, there was guys like Chris Bocklet, um, Steele Stanwick, uh, Matt Gibson was there. Uh, CJ Constabile was there. I, I had a pretty, we had a real, you know, strong class um, that now you could find a pretty good pro careers also, but uh, right. you know, all the, co- all the coaches were there. So it was, you know, for me, it was an opportunity to stand out um, and show that, you know, you know, that I could, that I could do what I knew I could do, which was, you know, play at the national level. And, and I, and I, and I went out and I did great. You know, I, I pretty much won all my one-on-ones. I, you know, my team that I was playing on was winning games. We were scoring goals. I was creating offense and, um, you know, when it, it went pretty much exactly as planned. So, uh, I think that that was a big turning point for me because like I said, coming from Rocky point, um, it's not, it's not exactly easy to get seen. So, uh, you know, next thing I know, I think it's June 1st back when the rules were a little bit different. Um, it was June 1st and coaches were able to email me and, you know, I got, I got letters from, I pretty much got an email at 1205 from everyone in the country. And, and I can pretty much, I can pretty much say that, 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 you know, that event was, was probably the reason that I was able to at least be seen and then, you know, keep building on what, you know, what people saw. So I think that that was a big, that was a big thing for me because then I, you know, I went in and we had a a real successful junior season. Um, I had a real successful empire games. And like I said, I was the captain of that team. We won the gold. Uh, And then I, you know, and then going into my senior season that we were 21 and one and, you know, top five team in the country. And, you know, I had, you know, I had, I had a great year as being the, being the Long Island player of the year. And I think that, uh, you know, that, that I can probably point back to that one, that one summer as, all right, that was, that put you on the map, uh, you know, allowed them to see what you got. And then, you know, that was, that was that. Mm-hmm. What do you think, this might be a hard question to answer, but you know, what do you think contributed to that summer, um, or to you being able to make the leap that summer, <clears throat> right? Um, to being able, you know, in 10th grade, being able to play alongside, you know, some of the best people in the country. And then, you know, next year, year after that, it sounds like your team got, um, got much better to being one of the best teams, not only on Long Island, uh, to in the country. What, what do you attribute that to? Uh, it's, you know what? Yeah, it is kind of a, it is kind of a tough question because it, it's odd because that, that team Rocky point that we had in Rocky point in 2008, the one that I said was so successful by my senior year, really like had not much to do with my recruiting stuff because a lot of the guys on my Rocky point team, um, there was really only a couple of us who went out and played on select teams. So, you know, I think that my, my, obviously my, that team that I had in 2008, my brother was on the team, uh, my younger brother, Matt. And you know, I think that had a lot to do with it. He had become a junior that year and was a little bit older than what he was, you know, a little bit better, a little bit stronger. Um, and some guys really made the jump, but I think that, uh, from for me for me playing that tenth grade season was just kind of like all right you know the next level is here uh, you know you've been playing with the select team like I said my express team before that tenth grade year my the express team that I played on had played you know was with Mike Chanichuk another you know pretty popular pro now um, you know we went around and we we beat up on teams and like I said we played 
we played uh, whatever Baltimore's best was. We'd have great games with them. We'd play, you know, whatever New Jersey's best, whatever, wherever they were in the country. Um, you know, we had had a team that was going and competing. So I knew that uh, I just needed, you know, I, I kind of knew that, all right, once I got that chance to be out there, you know, I'm going to be able to, you know, get some confidence and, and really say to myself, this is, you know, this is something that you're, you're actually real good at. And, uh, you know, that, that jump, I think that, like I said, that weekend really, really provided that confidence to, to go forward with. And, um, and I was able to bring that back to, like my, like I said, Rocky Point High School, where, you know, now I could, I can lead, you know, I can lead by example here. And we have a couple other good players that are, that were, that are playing select ball. Also, you know, we could, we could turn the corner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you mentioned you're playing on, on a travel team. Were you? Uh, you did say that you were playing um, other sports, but were you playing lacrosse year round, or did you take off while you were playing basketball and football? I actually, um, I played lacrosse. I would say, you know, winter, spring, and summer. Uh, I I loved football. Football. Um, you know, I know we're on a, we're on here talking about lacrosse, but. Uh, and I've been playing lacrosse my entire life, but football is probably, you know, it's probably just as, was my first love of sports. And, you know, I, I really do love, I love football just as much as I like lacrosse growing up. Um, and I, so I would stop, you know, during the football season in the fall, I actually would only maybe play one or two Sunday tournaments um, that Rocky Point would put on, or maybe like an, you know, my coach, Ch- coach Chanachuk on the express team would maybe schedule one thing here and there. But I, I put a ton of effort into football because I, you know, I really love football, obviously, because, you know, I always tell my friends I'm kind of a, you know, I was a, I was a passer in lacrosse, but I'm, football was a total ball hog. You know, I wanted to be the running back. I wanted to be the receiver. I wanted, I wanted the ball every single time because, you know, I believed I could score a touchdown every single time I touched the ball. So, you know, for me, football, um, there's really no other feeling, I, you know, than, than playing football for me was scoring touchdowns, making tackles. I played free safety and cornerback. Um, I played running back my whole life. I had, you know, I really had seen the value in the team sport of football. You know, as much as I wanted the ball, I also recognized, all right, football, you can learn a lot about how, how teams can function and, you know, how can they can be successful and how easily it is, easy it is to fail if you're not, you know, all on the same page. So by the time I was playing high school football, uh, football season would come around in, in the summer. You know, obviously we do workouts all summer long, but football, football really takes a lot of film study. Um, football really takes a lot of uh, continuous repetition that in practice, to be honest, isn't so much fun. Right. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I put a lot of effort into football so that uh, we could be, we could be good at it. You know, like I said, I was good on all my teams in football growing up. Junior high teams are great. Uh, I, I played JV for a little bit, but then, you know, my varsity football teams were good. We were ranked number, we kind of, we kind of underachieved uh, my senior year because we were number one on Long Island and ended up not winning the whole thing, had a good season and all. Uh, but, you know, it took a lot of effort to be that. And, uh, for football, I, you know, I enjoy being the leader of those teams. So in order to be football, in order to play football, you got to be all in, uh, you got to spend time, like I said, on the film study, you got to spend time on, uh, understanding what the, you know, what the bigger goal of the team is for, from your coach, you know, what are the mindsets, what are the, you know, what are the schemes we're going to run? Who are you playing against? Uh, so that, that I, I loved that because not only, not only was football a fun, aggressive, uh, had everything, all the qualities in the sport that I liked. It also helped all my other all my other sports because mm-hmm. um, you know when you're playing football and you're running for a touchdown, you either have to be fast, you got to run through guys, or you got to learn how to you know break tackles. And and by doing those things, I, I learned how to dodge a little bit better. You know when I picked up a lacrosse stick, now when I'm running around a defender, 
uh, as long as I'm you know protecting my stick the right way and I'm and I'm setting them up the way a lacrosse player does, I could you know I'm going to be able to run by guys a lot easier because you know <clears throat> I can remember kind of what I did with football. You know, you when you learn how to tackle in football, there's all sorts of ways to break down and and uh, you know attack people's hips and tackle the right way. It's the same thing on a ride for an attacking right. If I'm you know if I want to break and cut off an angle of pursuit in a lacrosse game. Uh, I did the same thing in football. You know, you have to chase guys down from across the field and, and learn how to, you know, cut angles off and, and break down your hips and, and all different ways to play defense. So I took a lot of different, I took a lot of different uh, things that I learned in football and was able to bring it to lacrosse, um, you know, throughout my whole life. And it depends, obviously depending on what time of my football career we're talking about, um, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of lessons that, that I was able to learn from football. Right, uh, right. <clears throat> For sure. So, did you um, did you play basketball as well in high school? Yeah, I played. So, I played basketball. Um, you know, I actually, as a, growing up as a kid, I did some wrestling uh, just because Rocky Point High School had a real good wrestling program, and you know, I was pretty good at it when I was a kid. Um, I kind of split between that and basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say in high school that basketball was it was you know it was the third kind of the last thing you know I I, I played in between in between the seasons. Um, Right. We would, I didn't put too much, I didn't put too much time growing up in the, like uh league basketball. You know, we always had a net in front of my house and, um, you know, I'd play in the, the CYO leagues and, um, <clears throat> and, and, and I played high school basketball, but I didn't really put, uh, I wouldn't say that I put the same effort into basketball that I did, you know, lacrosse and football because lacrosse and football, I was always so focused on, um, you know, I kind of, I don't want to just say showed up and played, but for Rocky Point, we kind of, you know, I kind of came, we started the season and I, and I loved it. I, you know, it's another great sport, um, for lacrosse, you know, the, the, the conditioning, the every, pretty much everything about it is similar, just on a shrunken feel, a shrunken, shrunken space and a different net. Um, mm-hmm. so basketball, as much as I loved playing, I, I, during high school, I really didn't get to put as much time and effort into it, um, right. as I probably would have liked to, because it's, because it's kind of funny because now, you know, when I started, uh, when I got to college, I played more basketball in college than I did uh, even playing in high school because you couldn't play football uh, and lacrosse goes all, goes all year round. So in our off time, we, you know, we, they have open courts and gyms and stuff in college. So uh, I was able to play, pick up, pick up basketball probably more often than I did when I was playing in high school. So, um, and now, and now, and now it's funny cause I'll play twice a week in a, in a men's league. So right. you know, as much as, <laughs> as much as I didn't play basketball growing up, uh, it's one of, it's honestly one of my favorite sports. Like I love, I love playing it. They, they're, uh, they're all very, all three sports are so equally, you know, they have so many similar characteristics. I think right. that soccer would be the, you know, soccer hockey would be the next thing that I would have played because it's, it's kind of just like that, right? Soccer is the same sort of thing. Hockey's the other, the other same sort of thing, you know? So I think that those, those sports, as many as you could play, I was of the belief that, you know, being a three sport athlete and, you know, doing well at, at my schools, it was, you know, it was a good look. It was something that, that I was, you know, I was proud of in high school. I was able to, uh, you know, lead three different teams and, um, you know, really learn, learn how to be a student, you know, a student and an athlete, uh, right. in three different, in three different ways. So it was, it was, uh, you know, I, I always encourage kids to do that now. You know, I don't, I don't mind, you know, it doesn't bother me when a kid wants to play lacrosse all year round, if he's good at it. And that's really what he loves to do. Um, because sometimes football and basketball aren't for other kids, but you know, I always encourage people, I always encourage people to, to try to do it because you learn so much about yourself athletically when you play against, when, when, when you, when you play other, other sports, you know, your body's challenged in different ways. It, it may be similar, but you know, 
it kind of opens your mind and, 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 and shows you that you can do different things athletically that maybe you can just translate over to another sport. Right, right. I, I always found it interesting uh, when, uh, like I always felt when I was younger, if you were to put, say, four lacrosse players in front of me and say one of them's a soccer player, one of them's a wrestler, one of them's a basketball player, and one of them, you know, does whatever, uh, I'd be able to pick each sport that person plays because you can see how that sport translate into their game, right? Like lac- yep. lacrosse players who play soccer – they have a different type of footing than, uh, uh, you know, than other people that, you know, play lacrosse who haven't played yeah. soccer. Right. Same with, with basketball, Absolutely. you can tell just the way they sort of handle themselves on the field or, you know, driving in the cage or anything like that. You can tell like they, they took some of the lessons that they learned in basketball over to lacrosse. Um, I'm curious, you said you played wrestling, uh, you didn't mention how serious you were, but, um, mostly cause, I don't think I've had a wrestler or if I did, it's only one or two on the show. Um, were there any lessons that you took from <laughs> wrestling that transferred over to lacrosse? Yeah. You know what? It's, it's funny that you say that. Cause I don't, I don't usually uh, talk about, you know, when I, when I, when I wrestled because it was so, it really was so young. We're talking about now from, I started sports when I was five or six years old. So that's, you know, we're talking about a decent amount of time from, even if I wrestled, I'm pretty sure I stopped when I was in, going into seventh grade. So I wrestled from like six years old till about 12. So I got four or five years of wrestling. And, and like I said, you're so young that, you know, you're just using a lot of just energy that you have as a kid. Right. right. And, uh, you know, I, I was good. I was good. You know, I, I didn't really ever really lose. I had a great Rocky point, Rocky point high school actually has right now a tradition now since at least since I've been there and even way before I was there state champions and uh, consistent County champions and, um, you know, teams where they have three guys who are state champs. So it's, so we have, we've had some good wrestling coaches in Rocky Point. So, and, and I, and I tend to see that the teams that are good in sports at schools, it's all about their youth program, right? Like how the varsity right. coach usually puts his effort into the youth. And, uh, you know, I think it was coach, it was coach Winkle when I was there. It's now coach Goldstein. They do a both. They both do a great job of, they both did a great job of, you know, just enticing the kids to come down and check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and once you were down there and checking it out, you realize, you know what, the sport, it's tough sport, man. It's, 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 uh, you know, it's just you out there. Uh, and, and it's a lot more technical than it looks, you know, there's, that's what I was into. It was, there was a lot, a couple of different ways, a lot of different ways to take somebody down or reverse certain moves or, um, just use brute strength or whatever it may be. Um, and when I was young, I liked it and I was good at it. So anything that I, you know, I kind of got gravitated towards because you know, I wasn't really losing. So I did, <laughs> I did some travel tournaments. I did, you know, I did, I did a bunch. I probably did a, maybe like 10 to 15 different tournaments where, you know, I showed up, did well, placed first, second or third. Um, and I was light. So I was, mm-hmm. as a kid, I was never really like a, you know, big, big, heavy kid. Um, and I, and I, and like I said, I learned a lot. I, my, I also have friends, like I said, the program was always good. So, you know, some of my good friends that, uh, wrestled, I'd always go to their match, you know, I go to the matches and check it out because Mm -hmm. I understood what was going on even after I stopped, even after I'd stopped wrestling. So, you know, I have a high respect for that sport, uh, just because of the challenge, you know, the, the challenge it takes to, to go out there and be by yourself, uh, and everything, you know, fall on you with whether you win or lose. So, you know, and those guys put wrestlers put in a, they put in an incredible amount of work into it. You know, I know we, we as lacrosse players, soccer players, and, of all those sports, we run a lot. We lift as much as we can, but you know, wrestlers, they put their body, they put their body through hell sometimes, uh, to get through those three minutes of wrestling. And it's, um, you know, it's something that, 
maybe maybe you're not maybe that's not turning into a great shot on the run in lacrosse uh but you you learn a little bit about yourself with your toughness your mental toughness um you know what your conditioning levels are like so i think when i was a kid uh i really was drawn to it because of like i said there's a lot more technical stuff going on and uh and i was i was pretty good at it but i got by the time i got into the seventh and eighth grade i think they wanted me to they wanted me to wrestle varsity at like <clears throat> like 95 or 100 pounds <laughs> and and i was like listen and i'm like listen man i, I want to play running back for the team by next year i, I gotta put on 30 pounds i'm not right. you know I, the rest the wrestling thing can get a little crazy with the weight right um, so you know if i remember i i, I kind of i kind of stopped because of probably mostly because of football but uh right. i did i did i did like it and, and like you said it tra- it does translate over uh a lot of things athletically like i said maybe not maybe not really the same type of sport as any of those other ones we've been talking about. But, uh, I think, I think it, you, you talked, I bet you there's a bunch of wrestlers around the lacrosse world you talk to. And, um, you know, a lot of what they would say is toughness and, um, mental toughness. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of toughness in that sport. Cool. So let's, um, so let's move on to your college career. You initially started, uh, at Johns Hopkins. What made you decide on Hopkins? Uh, you know, I think, I think it's kind of, Pretty self, you know, almost self-explanatory. Johns Hopkins University, you know, it's as good of a school as you're going to get. Uh, coach Petromal is an excellent coach. Um, you know, they got they've had they had a, a, a history of lacrosse there that uh, any player growing up would be lucky to be a part of. Um, and and you know what? And there's great people there. Like I, like I, we were kind of talking about earlier. Um, you know, I have friends that are I'm lifetime friends with from Johns Hopkins, and uh, it, it was a great place to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you feel like when you went there, did you feel like it was a fit right away? I did, you know, and, and I think that, um, some of the things that I was, that I was going through was just cause I was a little bit younger. You know, I know that kids are lucky these days. They just switched the, you know, they're switching the recruiting a little bit around so that the kids have a little bit longer time to make their decisions and, and, and look into things that they want. Um, you know, I think that as a young kid being recruited, at 16 years old uh, and, and thinking, you know, what you want is one thing. And then, uh, you know, things change over time, right? You get a little bit older and, uh, you start to realize that you want other things. Right. Right. And then, uh, and then, so you, then you made the move to Syracuse. Um, and you know, forgive me, I, I should know this. What, uh, what year did you make the transfer? Uh, I made it to Syracuse by the winter of 2011. So it was going into my junior, going into gotcha. my junior season. Gotcha, gotcha. And and how did you feel when you were there? Did you feel like you fit in right away? Oh, it was it was great. Um, it was awesome. You know, like I said, uh, I'm I'm actually very thankful about you know, for my lacrosse career before you know before we go on to Syracuse and all that. Um, you know, I got to see two different ends of the spectrums, and and not just good or bad, but you know, great on both sides. So um, being able to being able to experience both of that, in my opinion, you know, that helped me as a player. I got to learn a lot of different things. I got to learn different styles. I got to see different types of players. Um, but I knew by the time I got to Syracuse that, you know, that was, that was the right place for me to be at. I, you know, you, you walk, you walk into the dome and, uh, you know, coach Desco's playing a very free flowing style of offense. And, um, you know, I was as lucky as can be to walk into a group of guys at Syracuse that, in my, you know, in my opinion, and there's been some great teams, uh, you know, these guys are, if not the best guys to come through the, through, through Syracuse, uh, they're right there at the top between, being, you know, John Galloway, Joel White, Kevin Drew, um, John Lade, Brian McGill, uh, Stephen Keogh, Jeremy Thompson, Jojo Morasco, Tim Desco. You know, that was I think that was most of our starting lineup right there. And, uh, you know, you, you're not going to find a more winning, a more winning group, you know, as much as 
as much as I would have liked to have you know been there a little bit earlier with them and had some more time and, and got to win a championship with them earlier, those guys, you know, we hardly lost any games uh, while I was there with them. And even when they weren't, even when I wasn't there. So it was, it was pretty awesome to come into a group like that because those are the type of guys that, uh, you know, that really taught the younger group of guys how you're supposed to be going forward. You know, that's the type of stuff that really creates tradition, um, stuff that, you know, creates a standard for every year because, you know, guys come in and out of college and you never know what they're going to leave behind them or, you know, what type of standards they left or, you know, coach might not, who knows what, you know, coaches do in there, but, I think that the guys that I walked into, um, you know, they were an awesome, really accepting group of guys. Uh, and, and you know what? They recognized that um, I could help also because, you know, I was coming in. They needed, a, they needed a starting attackman. I know that they had just gradu- graduated one, so they had a spot open. Um, so I think that they were eager to get me there also because uh, because I fit the style of play. Uh, and like I said, I, I couldn't have been more happier with that year other, other than the fact that we didn't get to – we didn't finish it off with a win in the championship. Um, you know, those guys, those guys, those guys really set the tone and, and, and helped me to, to even see, see even more as a college player, you know, what, you know, if you want to win, what you got to do, what you have to, how you have to carry yourself, how you have to, um, you know, expect and prepare to win. So I, I'm, I'm really lucky that I got to walk into a group like that. Um, like I said, no regret, no regrets being at Johns Hopkins and meeting the people that I was there. And I'm very thankful for all the stuff that I had, but uh, it would have been awesome to have, you know, even another two more years with the group of guys that I, that I came into at Syracuse. Right. Right. So I'm, um, I'm curious, you know, and I'm, and I'm sort of asking this for personal reasons, right. And maybe I can frame mm-hmm. this question in a, uh, in a different way, but um, you know, what, I guess, what would you say to younger kids, kids that are in high school, um, you know, that are, they're trying to decide on a school. Um, what would you say that they should be looking for in a college? Cause, um, you know, I mean, you, you know, you mentioned you transferred from Hopkins to Syracuse. It doesn't sound like there was anything bad there. It just maybe seems like, and I'm making my own opinion that maybe it just wasn't the perfect fit. Um, I definitely went through that myself. Um, you know, and I recognize how hard it was to make a decision as a 17 year old kid on what college you want to, you know, you want to go to, because there's so many factors that go into that decision. Um, what would you say if you were to, you know, if you could talk to yourself in high school, right, your senior year of high school or your junior year, whenever you were making that decision, um, what would you sort of tell yourself to, to look for as a younger player? Like what, what school they should be looking to go to? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're spot on, right. And the difference you know, one difference right off the bat that I noticed with between Syracuse and Hopkins is just the sheer size. There's, you know, at, at Syracuse, there's almost 17,000 kids as opposed to 4,000 kids at Hopkins. So, you know, maybe that was something that uh, when I was being recruited and I had options of where I wanted to go, that that might have been something that I, that I looked into a little bit more. With a bigger school, you have a little bit more opportunity to meet all different types of people uh, and maybe join, maybe join different sorts of groups and, and be a part of uh, a little more broad of a, a spectrum of things that are going on. Um, so I think that that was the main thing, but you know, for me, I think it's about as a kid, it's just trying to figure out uh, some of the things that fit you. Well, like I said, if you want do you, you know, are you the type of kid that uh, wants to be in massive classes, right? You know, if you want to be, if you want to be in classes where there's a lot of people in a lecture hall uh, and you have no problem functioning in that way, look into that, see if that's something that you like. Um, same thing with the small school, like with the small class. If a, if a small class is, is something that you need and, and you want to have 
people, you know, less people around you, a little more help and, and, you know, being able to be a little more interactive with your classmates and, and people around the school. That's, that's another thing, right? Um, I think that you have to try to look at it from not just a lacrosse uh, standpoint, right? Cause it's very easy. Uh, at least for me, when I was, when I was 16, it was very easy. All right, Tom, you just had 52 division one schools email you and send you letters. Uh, it, it's very easy to just forget about, you know, forget about the other things, like the different stuff you like. So, you know, I know at Hopkins, uh, you know, I grew up playing, I grew up watching Syracuse, you know, my entire life and uh, watching the, watching the tempo and the style that they play. Uh, and I, and to be honest, I don't know that I truly took that into consideration when I went, when I went to Hopkins, which is odd because I think I had my eyes on the, uh, you know, the school is an, is an excellent school and the opportunity to go there for on a scholarship is something that you can't pass up, you know? So right. I think that you can, you can be blinded by certain things sometimes uh, and forget what you, you know, what really suits you. Um, you know, so do you want to go to a, you know, a school that, uh, you know, that offers a certain major that you're into. If you're lucky enough as a 16 or 17 year old kid to kind of know what you want to do, if you want to run own a business or, um, you know, you want to be a teacher, you want whatever you want to be, if you're lucky enough to know that, uh, and you know that from a young age, you know, don't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't pass on that. You know, that's, I would, I would go to maybe a lesser lacrosse school or, uh, something that, you know, maybe, or maybe, you know, you have to weigh your options a little bit differently because, you know, you know what you want to be, or you, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big thing. You know, I played a lot of sports and I knew I wanted to play college lacrosse. I knew I wanted to get into college and I knew that, you know, maybe I want to be a teacher or maybe I want to do something. I didn't quite know exactly what I wanted to be at 16 or 17 years old. So, um, it wasn't, it's, it's something that I would encourage kids to make sure that they're seeing the school from a a bigger point of view, not just, uh, all right, if I could just get in there, that means I'll be a division one lacrosse player. Right. Um, right. or whatever, or whatever, yeah. whatever your, you know, very, the smaller mindset of the, of, uh, the recruiting is, you know, try to, try to open that up as a, as a kid. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I remember, um, you know, one thing that I, I think I did right when I was in high school going into college, um, was I sort of looked at my place on, in UVA holistically, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, I thought to myself like, all right, so I'm a senior next year, I'm going to be a freshman in college. What is my freshman year? What's the starting lineup at UVA going to be? Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I remember sitting in class actually drawing out what the potential starting line would be next year. You know, obviously envisioning myself yeah. in there, but being like, do I fit? Am I going to continue to play in this position? Is it going to be a four year thing? Do I think that we're going to be competitive by the time where, you know, these were the things that were important to me, but I really took the time to think about whether or not. I actually fit in and, and I do think I made the right decision going to UVA um, at yep. that time. You know, there were some things that I could have never predicted, like me literally breaking my back my junior year, you know, that like threw off some of the plans and some of the timeline. But um, that was one thing. I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, you looked at Syracuse and you and you didn't really even take into consideration, you know, the speed of play that a team plays. Right. Because if you yeah. are a run and gun type of player. And you go to a school that's going to slow the ball down, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. Is that something that is that the type of lacrosse that you're going to want to play? You might always you might not always have the luxury to sort of pick and choose between any one of the 52 schools in Division One. And now I think it's over 60. But, um, you know, those are questions that I think kids should be asking themselves. I think I think you hit the, the nail right on the head. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That. um you know, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, as the, uh, some, and sometimes 
you know, the competitor, the competitor, you know, the competitor and you just can't help, but, but run those scenarios through your head. So I totally, right. I totally understand. Right. Right. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, while you're at Syracuse, um, you know, what did you do to consider, uh, uh, to improve your game while you were there? <clears throat> well, you know, Syracuse, it was the best thing about it is the resources that Syracuse provides for you. You know, it's, um, I think that you get to college and, you know, instead of lacrosse being, all right, Tom, you're going to work, you're going to play as many tournaments all summer long. You're going to practice with your, uh, you're going to practice with your club team as much as you can all summer long or the empire team, uh, or you're gonna, um, you know, then you'll take off for football. You know, it kind of becomes, all right, you're here, you know, you're on scholarship. You're here because you're here because lacrosse, you know, uh, it's time for you to figure out, you know, and use all these resources, you know, and the, the good thing about division one lacrosse by the time I got to Syracuse is that, uh, even if you just did, you know, you do the bare minimum of, of what they expect out of you, you're going to get better at anything you do there. You're, right. you know, you, you, you know exactly how it is. You went to school and you played and you played sports. You know, you're, you're expected to maybe lift in the morning for an hour and a half, go to class, uh, practice for two hours and then watch film for 45 minutes, you know, or get some extra shooting. So you're in a position where, uh, you know, now, and, and we'll, I guess we'll get to this when I get, when we talk about playing in the pros, um, you know, you're in a position where you can actually really uh, perfect your craft by using just the resources that they have there. Because, you know, when you're playing lacrosse, you always got to work on your fitness, which is your running and getting faster. You always got to work on your lifting because you got to build the, you know, you got to build the body and the shell that's going to be able to take the contact that comes with lacrosse. And you always have to keep your mind and your stick sharp, which is watching film and, and shooting and playing wall ball. So, you know, at Syracuse, you never really had an excuse not to do that. Um, you know, right. there's an, there's indoor facilities. There's a, a a massive gym that's filled with chocolate milk and uh, all sorts <laughs> of you know good goodies and stuff that are going to help you get bigger and stronger. Um, there's scheduled workouts. There's you know uh, you know if coach you want to stay after and, and work out, you know all any one of the coaches will sit there and stay and help you work out. Uh, so you're really able to to do that at a level um, that you know in high school you might have known a little bit about. I knew about that playing football i knew about film study i knew about the extra work and um but you know you really fully develop that you know well you learn how to do that at a college and at, at college and then luckily you know when you're 18 19 20 21 years old your body's starting to uh you know it's starting to actually become you know a, a, a real athlete you might have been faster right. bigger stronger but now you're able to take that and multiply it by so much because you're because you're because you're doing all these extra things um, and focusing so much time on it all the time. So, you know, I think the biggest thing that I learned there was being able to be consistent in my training all year round, um, and just elevate that with what I already knew about the sport. Right. And then on, right. you know, on uh, and then on top of that, you got 50 other guys that were all Americans in high school or, um, you know, the level of competition there, you really, you know, you truly learn how to compete. And if you want to keep a spot, uh, and it the same thing goes for the pros, it just gets a little more narrow you want to keep a spot on that team, you know, you're going to have to compete with a lot of other good players. Right. Uh, and then if you're lucky enough, and if you're lucky enough, you know, those guys, you're going to have great chemistry with those guys. And that's where you're able to, you know, where in high school, I could only throw it to two or three guys that were going to catch a nice hard pass to me. <laughs> I could throw it to, I could, I could throw it in college. I can throw zip passes or whatever it is to guys that were the third line midfielders at Syracuse, you know? Right. So it's, um, you know, you got to, you got to a point where, all right, you're really, you know, you're doing this every day. It's a full, it might as well be a full-time job. Uh, you know, and, and, you, and, you know, anyone knows you put a lot of time into, into, into work in something, you're going to end up being pretty good at it. So I, I, right. I, 
I thought that the resources at Syracuse to be able to do all that were incredible. And it's, and it was no different at Hopkins either. You know, it was, they had a very same, you know, Jay Dyer, who's the conditioning guy there is great. You know, they, they do a lot of the same stuff. Um, so, you know, I think that the, you get to that division one level and you realize, all right, uh, you got to do this every day. If you want right. to be, you know, you want to be on this team or you want to be good at it. Right. For sure. For sure. So, uh, I, I want to move on to your professional career, but there, uh, the, the one question that I, I, I personally am most interested in looking back on your college career. Um, if there's one thing, uh, if there's anything that you can do over again, uh, what would you do differently? If there's anything, um, you know what, it's amazing how, you know, college went so fast. Um, you know, it's such a small part of small, small four years. Um, I don't, I don't know that I truly, I would like, you know, I think that the obvious answer here would be to say that I should have went to Syracuse from the start, right. So that I could have had the, you know, uh, a long career there, but I, I really don't think that that's my answer. I think that, uh, you know, like I said, I learned a lot at Hopkins and I, I have friends that I'll, that I'll have for the rest of my life just because I went there. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that, I think that if I could change it, I might've changed the way I went about recruiting instead of wrapping it up so quickly like I did so that I could keep playing sports. Right. Um, I might, maybe, I, maybe I would have taken a little longer, deeper look into the stuff that I was talking about, uh, be, beforehand. Um, gotcha. so I, you know, I don't know that I would change exactly the, anything about the way college went, but maybe a little bit about how, how I went about going there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes sense. Um, all right. So, so talk about, um, your transition from college to professional. College to professional. That it was. It was a great transition. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it was. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't very. I'm not gonna say it wasn't tough because it was definitely a jump in levels. Um, but it was. It was easy for me because I got drafted by Long Island. Uh, you know now now New York. Um, but that was an easy easy transition. And I you know I grew up here. I, I played there my whole life. I got family here. Um, I got uh, you know my friends. I got fans. I got kids that I co. You know kids that I've coached. So it was. It was pretty easy from a. Uh, you know, come home and play type of standpoint. Um, but on the field, I, you know, I, I was lucky to have an opportunity nice and early. I think that in the pros, I think a lot of good players don't get opportunities because maybe players like myself who stay in spots for five, four to six years, you know, it's not as easy to just to break lineups. Um, but the Lizards needed attackmen. They needed, uh, it was kind of, they were having a down year. Um, they, they hadn't really had, you know, marquee attackmen that were in, in spots. And, uh, and myself and Matt Gibson, who were rookies, were able to fill those spots pretty easily. And, you know, and, and what I what I feel about uh, the pro, you know, the pro scene is that you know, it doesn't really matter that we were rookies. If you play, you play. Uh, and, and, and we were playing because we were coming off, at, you know, the season we were in literally just finished a playoff game with Syracuse. Uh, and a week later, I was I was traveling to um, Ohio to play in my first pro game. Right. Uh, so. So it wasn't it wasn't hard physically, you know. At that point, I was hoping to be still be playing for a championship. So, um, you know, my my legs were re- ready to go. I had, you know, I taken a little bit of a beating my senior year, just you know, trying to be a leader and everything. But I was, you know, I was in great shape. Um, I kind of was exactly what coach needed. He needed a dodging attackman who was going to help set up some offense because they really didn't have much. Uh, and I, and we were playing. And you know what? I I I can't say enough good things about my transition because we went on a seven game run. Um, we ended up, we ended up from the day I got there, we went on a seven game run with like five or six other rookies. Uh, and it was a great season. We were playing, you know, we're, the pro games is exactly kind of what, what I like to play high pace, you know, right. move the ball up and down the feet, move the ball up and down the field, you know, run by your guy. If you, if you got a chance to run in space 
and make the right lacrosse play. So um, we had a lot of we had a lot of guys in the Lizards, like I said, myself, uh, Matt Gibson, Ryan Young, uh, Brian Langtree, Max Siebold. We had guys that you know that were runners that wanted to get up and down the field. I think Tim Henderson was playing long stick midfielder for me for us. So like uh, you know we had we had some speed and and um, you know it, for me uh, I think that that might be the biggest difference with I guess people from college to pros is the speed of the play. That was easy right. for me because I, I always consider myself one of the fastest guys on the field. So, right. um, you know, those, those, I had a great first transition. It was, it was, it was awesome. I, I got, we, like I said, seven game run. Unfortunately we blew it. We kind of blew it in the semifinals that season and, and lost, uh, and lost, we were up like nine to one against the outlaws going into the second half. And, huh. uh, after a bunch of, after a bunch of faceoffs wins and consecutive goals, next thing you know, we were down by one and, and we lost, but, uh, the, the transition that season was, was for me, was, it would seem pretty simple. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that was, um, so that was the thing that I remember about it, you know, going from, uh, Syracuse losing in the final four to, uh, I guess the training camp when, um, uh, or what was it? It was the, the, the draft day game that you played. Um, I just remember being like, I remember being on the field and being like, this is the type of lacrosse that I haven't played in years. Cause you're playing with a shot clock. Everything goes so much faster. Um, you know, you know, that the ball is going to be back down at your end, you know, any second. Um, I absolutely loved it. And I do remember sort of what you're speaking to, which we'll get into my next question. I remember uh, Chris Ritelli pulling me aside um, after I got drafted by San Francisco. Um, I remember him pulling me aside and just being like, Hey man, one thing that you should remember is that you're coming from uh, playing college lacrosse. So you're in better shape than anybody else in the field right now. Um, you yep. know, cause everybody else is basically, you know, they're, they're like a teacher or they work on wall street and they're not, they're not playing the cross as much as you are. Um, so, so yeah. So what, what do you do, you know, nowadays, now that you're, you're not, you know, playing for Syracuse, you're not, you maybe yep. you don't have access to the same weight room and the chocolate milk and, uh, playing, <laughs> playing lacrosse every single day. What are you doing to stay on top of your game nowadays? Hey man, before and before we go to that, don't think I don't remember. We we played a little bit of fast break lacrosse ourselves for the Lizards, you and I. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. I got a couple. I got a couple. I got a couple highlights. I'm sure I could pull up right now that that we're passing <laughs> it to each other up and down the field. And I remember you sure. playing back in the high your high school days, man. I've been play, I've been watching you play for a long time. I know. I know you know you, the pro game was exactly what you were looking for. Right. That's uh, for sure. That's for sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man. You know what? It's 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 you know it's, it's funny you say that because uh, I. I think that the game's transitioned and maybe this is some progress for the MLL because uh, right now at, you know, 28 years old, I actually feel, I actually feel bigger, stronger and faster than I did when I was coming first at coming out of college. And I think it was like that. I think I was in that situation. It was, Hey Tom, you're, you know, you're a rookie, you got legs, you're coming off a great, you know, you're coming off your season, you're feeling good. Use them, you know, cause other guys, maybe other guys are a little sluggish right now, four games into the season or trying to figure it out. Uh, but I think that that's actually a, a, maybe a major change for, for guys playing the pros and to be honest, what makes it so competitive, uh, you know, not too many guys that are playing in the MLL right now are getting away with going to those jobs on wall street or, um, you know, taking, taking jobs that are going to keep them at a desk for 50 plus hours a week, uh, because of the competition that is, that you're going up against, um, right. you know, between the Canadian, between the Canadian players playing all year round and guys figuring out ways to coach teams and, you know, be a high school coach or, uh, you know, run their camps or their teams or their leagues or whatever it may be. Uh, guys are finding ways to, to get workouts in. You know, I know for me, 
I, I graduated college and I, I, I chose not to go do that because I had, you know, I had opportunity to keep doing what I love to do, which was, which was ultimately train. Uh, you know, I love to train. I, I love to stay in shape. I love to still be at the top of my game and then, um, you know, be able to coach, which is another thing that I love to do. So, uh, for me, I think that, the, that it's changing a ton and most guys that are especially starting attack since there's only three of us and each pretty much three of us that play on each team, um, you know, you got to keep up. Uh, and, and like you said, that, that brings you to the point of what do you do to keep up? And right. for me, it, it's really no different than, uh, it's really no different than what I did in college. I, you know, each day I try to find a way to either run, shoot, lift, or do something that I'm playing. You know, like I said, I play. Uh, the competitor in me, and I love basketball so much, I play twice a week in a men's league. We're actually playing for a playoff game tomorrow night. Uh, nice. But, you know, I try to keep it, I try to keep it, I try to keep it very uh, different. Like I said, I, I try to, in the fall, I'll play, I'll play flag football on Sundays. I try to make sure that my, that my, my emotions are either staying competitive or they're challenging me in something that's not lacrosse. Um, you know, so for me, I try to keep my baseline to, you know, the sprints, you know, a couple of days a week, I'll get sprints in, I'll get hills in. Um, you know, I, I kind of lift like a meathead. I kind of do the bot, you know, <laughs> chest tries, back buys, uh, type of workouts, but I make sure that I'm, you know, I'm super setting everything in those situations so that, you know, I'm trying to build, build mass, uh, lacrosse is a tough sport. It's not, it's not like, uh, like soccer, you know, if, if you're big and strong in soccer, most likely you're not gonna be able to keep up running. Uh, right. if you're big and strong in lacrosse, it's the same thing. You're not maybe you're not gonna be able to keep up running. And in uh, basketball, uh, you know you have to be you have to be tall to do it. Lacrosse, you kind of have to you kind of got to do everything. You know you got to be big and strong because you don't want to break down. You know I can't be. Right. I only weigh I only weigh about 185 pounds and I'm about you know five foot eleven. So if I go down to 170, you know if it's 175, if I have to lose weight or I get too little too fat, like I, I won't be able to keep up, you know, so in order right. to keep up that, uh, in order to keep up that size and speed and, and endurance, you really got to work on a lot of things. You got to work on long distance. Um, you know, just going out for a jog three times a week for a couple miles doesn't really help you that, that, that gives you a motor, but that's not truly helping you on the field. Cause I got to be explosive. So for explosiveness stuff, you know, I try to get in, I got a good hill that I live near. I try to get in hill, hill workouts. Um, you know, I'll go out to the field and make sure that I'm getting, 100 yard sprints, 200 yard sprints, 300, you know, 300 yard sprints, all the stuff that, that my college coaches used to put me through, right. um, works, you know, there's times that there's times that during the week, if I get a chance, I, I got an indoor facility that I work out at, you know, I'll pull some sleds, uh, which was something that I used to do in college, you know, so I'm pretty much just doing, uh, you know, the same things that I, that I used to do. And then on top of that, as much playing as I can play, you know, in, in the, in the fall, for example, last year I did, uh, I do the alumni game at Syracuse. I've been doing that since I graduated. Um, we'll do where we play the team. We play the, uh, the, the actual current team. I've been doing a tournament in Hawaii for the last six seasons. It's been incredible. I go out there and play, uh, for a team that, that sponsors us to go out there and play for two, uh, for two days. I went to London last, last, uh, two winters ago and was able to play on another sponsor trip for a, uh, you know, a men's league team that they have. That's actually a pretty serious league in London right now. So, you know, you find ways, you try to find ways to play, uh, as much as you can. I know this past winter, I played a, a couple indoor games in a men's league too. Um, so anything you could do competitively right. to keep your, to keep your mind focused. Cause you're not, like you said, you're not a kid anymore. You don't get those chances, you know, no one's signing you up for, for practice Tuesdays and Thursday nights anymore, you know? So right, it's not, right. it's not so as easy to keep that competitive edge. You know, I, I'll take, 
I know I have a couple, you know, there's a couple of young guys now that the season's coming closer. I'll, I'll bring out and I'll, you know, do some one-on-ones. My younger brother was a great, a good defender. Uh, and he, you know, he'll come out there and he'll just, you know, run around with me and, and get the shooting in. So it's, I think as a pro, it, it really takes some, some discipline to learn how to, to keep doing that because it's very easy. You know, it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's not like, um, we're all signing high contracts that allow us to, to afford us that time. So, you know, you, you really got to squeeze those things in, uh, whenever you can. Um, and whatever your situation is, uh, may, may help you or hurt, may help you or hurt you to do that. So it's like, um, for me, I just try to stay consistent to what I did with, uh, with in college and, um, and just stay on top of it. And like I said, gotcha. I've had different, different things that are out there that have allowed me to do that. Uh, and I'm grateful, uh, you know, cause between 23 years old and, and, and 28 now, you can, you can either take step backwards and, and as an athlete, or you can, you can really maximize it because coming out of college, I finally got to the hundred, you know, 175 pounds, 180 pounds. I'm like, this is great. You know, I don't want to stop now. I, I can, I can build on this and I can, and I right. can perfect it. And that not only match my, my, the IQ I have, but put that to work with, you know, with my physical ability and, you know, and I, and I was able to put on another 10 pounds, uh, of, you know, either muscle or strength or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and I didn't have to stop. So it's been, it's been great to be able to stay on top of those things. And, um, you know, I do it because, you know, obviously I just love to play. Uh, but you know, the, the competitor in me, when I feel like I'm still, you know, when you still feel like you're the best, you know, the best you can be the best version of yourself athletically, you know, you don't want to stop that. So that's, you know, I think that's what a lot of guys, a lot of guys are starting to realize coming out of college. Um, all right, well, if there's a way to not go, sit at a desk and maybe, you know, maybe I won't make as much money right away out of college, but I'll get to play and, you know, I'll get to play and I'll get to be a part of something that, uh, you know, that's going to disappear pretty quickly. Cause right. you know, even if, if you're lucky to get a couple of years in a professional sport, um, you know, you've made a career out of it. And I, you know, now for me, it's been great. I'm going on my seventh year. And like I said, I couldn't feel any healthier or any better. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so walk <laughs> us through, uh, walk us through a game week. How are you, uh, how are you preparing for uh, an upcoming opponent? Uh, for me, it's, it's mostly about film. Um, you know, like I said, I, I get my work in during the week. You know, you make sure that uh, you make sure that if you got a set, you know, you come off a Saturday game um, and you got another game in a week on another Saturday, you know, you make sure that your next two days are, are after the Saturday game is, is healing and, and making sure yourself, you know, stretching yourself out and maybe loose warm ups. Um, but then, you know, throughout the week, I make sure that I'm going to get, you know, those Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are going to be work days. Uh, you know, and those are the days that you put in, like I said, those leg workouts, those hill workouts, the, um, the extra shooting or whatever it is, that's just going to push you to your limit during the week. Uh, and then, and then you can push, then you can, you kind of, you kind of take it back. And for me, I kind of, you know, I like to get a nice warm, you know how the league works on a Friday night. I like to get a good warm up in, you know, most teams don't go too hard. We're not crushing each other in one-on-ones or, or anything like that. But, uh, you know, for me, that, that's the, that's your, that's your, get your rest in, get your hydration in and, um, you know, be ready to go for Saturday. And then for me, I don't, I don't typically have a, I don't really typically have a routine uh, that I like to go through on, you know, home games, I definitely used to get there early because I live here in New York. I was able to, you know, I didn't have to worry about traveling or anything like that. Um, but to prepare for the game, for me, it's all about the film, right? You kind of put your, you put yourself, if you get your workouts in, you should be able to trust in yourself to get it done. Um, but if you've never seen the guy you're playing against, then, you know, that might not, 
it might not matter anyway. So I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of being able to, you know, know the opponents, who they played already, where their weaknesses are, uh, what their strengths are. So you're not playing into strengths or, um, you know, for me, I'm not, I don't consider myself a one dimensional player at all. So uh, it's one game. I got to be more of a goal scorer and, and create space off ball because I know they stink at it. I'll do it. You know, if, if I know that, all right, this matchup, Hey, this week, you know, I know it's been for the last five years, it's been me, Rob and Gibson. You know, if I know that maybe one of those guys got a real strong player, it's not that they're not going to beat their guy, but all right, I know you might have to, I might have to be expected to lean on uh, to get to the cage a little bit more, make some more sparks. So uh, for me, that comes through film, that comes through film study. uh, And I I like to watch, I like to watch a lot of the games and just kind of understand where the, where the guys are coming from. Uh, Yeah. I don't do anything crazy though. I guess during the day, I kind of, uh, I'm, I'm more of a guy. I'm like the type of guy who kind of you turn the key on and, and, and I'm ready to go. Uh, I don't need any, I don't really need much, uh, you know, too much preparation of like warming up wise. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm usually just, uh, just, just waiting for the game. It's usually a nice long day before you get there, especially on the road. Uh, I know I like to, you know, I try to get a nice game day nap in usually a couple hours before the game. Uh, <laughs> But that's that's really you know that's really about it. I don't have I don't have a crazy day uh, built up to get for game day. Right, right. And when um when you are looking at film of your opponents, um, are you looking at the individual who's going to guard you, or are you more looking at you know the way say the team uh, you mentioned you know you want to see where the slide is coming from? What are you looking at when you're watching film? Yeah, I mean I'm looking at it. I, I look at it all. It's uh, sometimes the the game can become about matchups. Um, you know, I don't try to focus too much on that because I, my matchup, I don't really like to think about the matchup too much because as an attackman, you kind of got to be a little bit cocky and, and tell yourself, you know, it really doesn't matter who's guarding you. You know, you're going to do, you're going to do your thing. You're going to, you know, you're going to find ways to cut. You're going to go to the cage. You're going to find ways to uh, make, you know, make plays for your offense. So when it comes to the matchup, um, it's nice to know who is on the team so that you get a better sense of like, you know, how big they are, what their sizes are, what, you know, maybe if they're a little slower on their steps. But uh, for me, it's, it's, it's more about, the bigger picture of the tempo that they play um you know like i said maybe maybe there's one guy in, maybe not my matchup but there is one guy in particular that has been getting beat all game long or he's not you know the short stick in this situation is not very strong or uh you know they really struggled to get their picks at the goal line extended uh or like you said maybe they're sliding really quickly some some teams in the mll don't slide at all you, you know they'll tell you listen we got you know we got the best guys in the world guarding you we're not going to slide. We're going to force you to beat us. And, and that's something that, you know, if you don't know that about a team, you know, maybe you don't, maybe you don't, uh, you don't jump on as easily. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think that I'm looking at the bigger picture more than anything and, and the tempo. And then, you know, just kind of what comes, you know, like we said, what, what, what weaknesses are there that we can pick apart because there's some really good teams out there and it's not easy to find weaknesses. So, you know, if right. you can find them, if you can find them, uh, even though you maybe you don't be able to react on them all game long, but maybe there are one or two points that make the difference, um, which, you know, we've seen not only our playoff races the last couple of years coming down to a goal or two, but almost every game, you know, it's been every game in the MLL, is, you know, it's been very close and, and it can make a big difference for a win and a loss. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so for, you know, for the younger kids that are listening, um, you know, what would you say to the younger attackmen? What what drills should they be doing? Um, you know, to get better as an attackman, what should they be focusing on? Uh, for me, I think I think that the first thing's got to be your motor. As an attackman, you're you're relied. You know, you got to be able to run and be in the best shape you can be in, uh, regardless of what your stature is. You know, whether you're a fast mm-hmm. guy or slow guy, 
you want to be able to uh, be able to be in the best possible shape. All the most successful seasons I've ever had have been because I can always rely on my body uh, and my, you know, what I, the body of work that I put in physically um, so that I don't have to break down mentally. So I think that the number one thing has got to be, you know, if you're the type of t- player that you have to dodge the cage 16 times a game for your team because no one else will do it, you know, you better make sure that in practice during the week you're doing 30, 30 different dodges that 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 might work or just at least get you a little bit more conditioned so i think that that's for as an attackman that's a that's a big that's a big thing um and then like you said in the beginning of this the stick work to match it uh your stick skills your stick skills you got to be able to play on the wall you got to be able to be the best passer and catcher you can possibly be i think that a lot of coaches would teach nowadays to work on um you know your shooting go out there and, and do all sorts of time in rooms or off balls or uh, on the run shooting. I think that's, that's all great because it helps with remembering and repetition, but a lot of times no one's guarding you. So it's not a, a live play, but you know, I, I, I'm very simple. I'm, I think that the stick work, having the best stick work you can have, um, have being in the best shape you can be in and, and understanding the game, which takes watching it, uh, is, is top priority. So, you know, whatever skill can help those three, I mean, any drill that can help those three go out there and do them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, listen, Tom, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time, but there's one question I've asked everybody who comes on the show. Um, what are three things everybody should be doing every day to get better at whatever it is they do? It doesn't have to just be lacrosse. Work on the three things you can do every day. Um, I think that maybe the first one is working on being the best teammate you can possibly be. You know, I'm, I'm, I've had plenty of individual success in lacrosse and, and have found success in different places. But I think that the best thing you can do as a person is being the best teammate because the best teammate means you're accountable for yourself, but you're also there to help whoever it is you're working with. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that being the best teammate is definitely one. Um, I think that if you can work on your consistency and, and is probably two, you know, can you always be relied on to do what you, you know, what you have to do, whether it's a job or um, a role in an offense or, or, or whatever it is out there. I think that consistency is definitely something that everyone should always be doing and working on every day. Um, then three, I would say, like I said, just, con- just always, always be looking to, understand whatever it is you're doing a little bit better um and learn be, be willing to learn um something just a little bit more even if you already know it uh be willing to understand the perspective that's that someone else is coming from because you can learn a lot uh you can learn a lot like that if you if you treat you know if you treat every day in situation and that like that gotcha gotcha love it uh tom listen um like i said thanks so much for taking the time this was great um, I'm sure you and I will cross paths again soon, but this is really great. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Absolutely, man. Anytime. That was, that was a blast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Uvoli. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Uvoli. You can find more episodes of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast on this season at thisseason.gc.com. If you like the podcast, please take a second to give it a positive review on iTunes. This helps more people find the podcast. 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports. And if you're a coach, a parent, or you run a traveler club team, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. It's an essential all-in-one scheduling and communication app for lacrosse coaches and parents. Game Changer Team Manager is free, it's easy to use, and it doesn't serve ads. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager. Until next time, keep working and keep getting better.